Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Twenty Acme Warehouse Halloween Party for Acme Podcasts Incorporated. I am, as ever, your host, Laser J, and I am joined by. It's Kaiju Emperor from the Warehouse. Hello. <laughs> Well, now that that's over with, uh, yeah. I gotta grip it and rip it. Woo! It's Woo! Halloween, yeah. baby. Halloween? Well, it's not Halloween for us, but a Halloween for you. Yep. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's appropriately. Spooptober. Yes, Spooptober. It is appropriately a dark and stormy night here in Tampa, Florida. But it was. It was in fact it was fat dark and stormy last night. No. Uh, uh I mean it like it started raining like 5 minutes ago when it's already dark here. So It's not quite dark here, but it is windy and it is cold. So, yeah. Fun. Uh fall so weather. What? I said fall weather. Oh, yep, fall weather. Fall weather indeed. But yeah, uh, mm. welcome to the end of Spook Month. That this is, you know, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, Kai. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to be tackling uh, two of our favorite, you know, uh, spooky Halloween. One's spooky, the other one's just Halloween nostalgia, I guess you could say. Yeah. Which probably explains why it's more my bag of tea. Why it's like my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, We're talking about uh, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and uh, the Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Yeah, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown is my favorite Halloween tradition. Uh, I watched it every year when I was a kid. Yeah, I would have picked Hocus Pocus, but that's not a cartoon. And then I also would have picked Scary Godmother, but I didn't want to subject Laser to Scary Godmother. I, I've seen Scary Godmother, and I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to subject him to Scary Godmother again. So, uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island it is. Yeah, we'll we'll do Scary Godmother next year. Um, yeah, because 
we will mm-hmm. do we'll, we'll do some form of spook month again next year. Um, we'll we'll, we could, uh, we'll we refine could do witches, it. We could do witches. We could do witches. We could do witches. Ghosts next year. Yeah, yeah, we could. Uh, but we'll we'll do scary godmother and something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, we, no we'll, idea what we're no, no idea what we're doing for Spooktober next year. That's a fucking year away. So it is a year away. There are a lot of other spooky things that we could, you know, maybe we could finally talk about cards. The cowardly dog. We talked about doing that this year, and like that deserves like a deeper dive. Mm-hmm. Because there's it'll be there's a, a lot. It'll, it'll be its own episode. Yeah, for sure. And I I would like the one thing I learned from this year on uh, on Spoopy Month, just to reflect a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would like to use mm-hmm. it as a month to focus more on movies and specials. Like that are directly yeah, related because, to Halloween. Yeah, because we uh, doing it weekly. Yeah, and and you know that that might change too. Um, I know you weren't a fan mm-hmm. of that. Um, I didn't mind doing it, for, but it was just like after that, I don't want to do it again for a while. Yeah, I feel you. Um, and I, I, I again, I don't blame you. Um. I don't think I liked it either, really. Uh, this much work for no pay is kind of kind of lousy. Yeah. If um, we're getting paid, then it'd be a different story. Yeah. Even just a smidge, it'd be something. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that that that's a future thing. But, um... Mm-hmm. I would... I would like to focus more rather on things that just have like a horror or spooky element to them, like Jojo or Castlevania or something else that we might've talked about. I'd like to focus more on things directly related to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Halloween episodes of cartoons specials. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ground. You, and if we're just doing single episodes, we could definitely pack way more into an episode. Because mm-hmm. I don't think there's... There's not enough of an episode if we just talked about two episodes of a cartoon, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. It, I mean, also, um, there it's a perfect opportunity to talk about certain shows. Yeah. Just in general. Like, yeah. talk about the... Uh, Freaking, uh, what's it called? Tales from the Crypt cartoon. <laughs> you you watched the uh, Toy Galaxy video too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there, there's a there, there's a lot we could cover. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, we're gonna focus on uh, it's a it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Uh, but before that. Uh, it wouldn't be a regular episode if we didn't do our weeks. I don't have anything to talk about. I'm going to forego my week to do a a fun little exercise, let's say. But first, Kai, tell me about your week. I've got three things I want to talk about. Two of them are related, Mm -hmm. uh, because they're both about animation, and the other is about video games. Mm -hmm. Um, the video game one is, um, a video by Mr. Jacob Geller called Art Restoration 
parentheses and the biggest mod in Resident Evil history. Mm. And it's about um, this super in-depth mod for Resident Evil 4 um, involving replacing every single texture in the game and not just uprising it but like making brand new high-res high textures for the game and finding the actual references for which the original textures were based on. Yeah. Like the original photos and references like, oh, this door was actually like three different doors from this Spanish Castellon. Oh my god. That that that's a labor of love if I've ever heard of one. Yeah, he talked about the the guy who made it and he talked about how you could compare it to um this other YouTube channel that restores old paintings. Yeah. and stuff and the nature of how certain art forms were made to like video this is a certain thing that's unique to video games in the sense that certain art forms were kind of meant certain video games certain like pieces of art were meant to be viewed through the technology of the time yes like how sprites of an old era look completely different when viewed now because they were never meant to be viewed through these tools. They were meant to be viewed through like a CRT or whatever. Yeah, uh, not only a CRT, but 4x3 uh, resolution uh, yeah. it? A ra- aspect ratio is what the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, standard uh, standard resolution. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think 720 is now considered standard. I mean the old standard. Oh, oh right? yeah, the old standard. Yeah, but yeah, four four by three, uh, or four to three, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then also the fuzziness of a CRT. Yeah, it's not meant for crisp ultra HD, four K, and all that. Mm. Yeah, and it just talks about sort of the um, that aspect of keeping games around and like the sort of interesting thing that comes from H- making an HD version of a game and what that actually means and etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting honestly for uh, sure I'd recommend yeah. even if you don't like Resident Evil uh I, you know from a technical standpoint as a fan of game design I it definitely sounds interesting to me um mm-hmm. cuz I'll get you the link yeah, uh, that that's definitely something that... Like, how long is the video? Like, 20 minutes. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Uh, all right, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, yeah, that's fucking wild, man. That's that's intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's still on... It started... At the, the, the mod started in 2012, and apparently it's still being updated. Yeah. I've never been like a big fan like in the dichotomy of um, remastering a game and remaking a game I've always preferred remaking Uh, Mm -hmm. because then you're not just you know up-resing resolution up-resing textures and uh fixing and maybe you know like changing the way lighting works and you know more more um uh more 
cosmetic things to make it look better mm-hmm. on modern tech. It, it's I like the like ground up reworking of it. You know, like make bringing it into a modern sort of mechanical standpoint and stuff like that. But that that that's not that is an onus I put on developers. Uh, a modder trying to remaster something and just completely overhaul the textures into something beautiful. I support that wholeheartedly. I love that. That that sounds hella interesting. There's also something to be said for like I'm not I'm not sitting on either side of this argument or debate or whatever about uprising or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there there is something to be said for um, a ship of Theseus scenario, or the is it ship of Theseus or is it ship of uh, Jason? You know that old. You know that old. Uh, this is thing? this is a uh, a phrase I'm not familiar with. Okay, so the the whole thing goes is that um, yeah, no, it was Jason, the ship of Jason, and Jason, the ship of the Argonauts or whatever. Yeah, the Argonauts. Yeah. The yeah, Argo. the whole thing goes if basically there there there's a a point. I think in the actual Argonaut story where Jason realizes that he's been on that journey for so long that every screw bolt and board has been replaced on that ship. Oh yeah. And then he asks the question, is it even the same ship anymore? Yeah. Yeah. And some people try and use it as some sort of really stupid debate about, um, Transhumanist, yeah. Tran- transhumanism or whatever, but that's not what I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more, more from about a... video game art perspective. Yeah, like, like I mean, the Final Fantasy VII remake is a really good example of that because, like, it's telling the same story for the most part, but it's a completely different conveyance of it. Yeah. And it's also not even a really a remake. It's like a sequel in a weird way. Yeah, it it's it is absolutely changing things. Uh, but it, from what I can tell, I, I haven't really watched it all the way through or played it. Uh, but but mm. I watched enough to get the gist and heard people talk about it more than enough to get the gist of what's going on. Um, and it's still conveying the same story, at least in the version that the what's been released so far. Um, episode one. Episode one. Yeah, uh, it, it's the same story with new twists, but ultimately it still seems to be heading in the same direction. But also, from what I've heard, that's probably going to change <laughs> in episode mm-hmm. two. Um, yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the, the, the there's a there's a whole discussion that we had about like when you remake the game and it's exactly like it's it's the same, but like. The, is the spirit still there of yeah. the game? And when it wasn't remade by the original people, is it really still the same? You know, like uh, there's something to be said about that. Do you want to do you want to have the conversation, or is no, this no, no, just no. like a thing no, you that, like to think about? That's just something I like to think about. I don't Got think it. I have any like. I don't think I sit anywhere in particular. It's just sort of an interesting. Thought. I get you. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, and it depends, and it it's a case by case basis, really. Yeah, I, I I think I have a stance on it for the most part. 
but it's mm-hmm. not a strong stance, and I feel like I could be easily swayed to another point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. But I won't get into it. Um, yeah, that's all. That could be a whole fucking podcast. Honestly, it's just that discussion because yeah. you could get into like the nature of art in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but anyway, uh, the other two things that I watched were uh, I mentioned this once or twice already on the podcast, but uh, I mentioned Kaiser Beans. Uh, he's doing a series of the history of Warner Brothers Animation Studio. Yes. Uh, and I watched the second video of that uh, that I that he did, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting how back in those days and sort of like the next couple decades, how completely intertwined a lot of the big animation studios were, because people were jumping back and forth on. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody knew you each know. other. It it Everybody was a very small community. Yeah. Everybody knew each other, and everybody kind of worked for everybody at one point in time. Yeah, there's actually something, there's a very similar situation in uh, guitars, uh, in the early days of uh, electric guitar. Um, Interesting. But I'll tell you about that some other time. That's not really a conversation for here. That does sound neat, though. Yeah. Um, um, And it's semi-related to the other video I watched, which is... uh, a video by uh, Dave Lee Down Under, mm-hmm. and he does a series called Ev- "The Evolution of uh, X" or "Evolution of Cartoons" or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he did he did one called "The Evolution of Tom and Jerry." Oh, okay. Where he talked about Tom and Jerry's eighty-year run and how they've changed over the years in terms of design and how each iteration of them was different from the other. Yeah. Which was super interesting, especially because it was he was talking a lot about the same people, yeah. In the that they did the Warner Brothers, they talked about like Chuck Jones and, um, yeah, Barbara, the Bar, the Bar, uh, Hannah and Barbara, yeah. And uh, I don't think he mentioned Frizz Freeling, but Frizz Freeling got mentioned a lot, yeah. Um, and Tex Avery, obviously. Yeah, I know Chuck Jones was heavily involved with. Uh... Uh, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, he was sort of like the the, the director and an animator for a whole era of uh Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yeah. Um, and that was after he had left um Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah. And th- that was during his run. That was like after he had basically created uh some of the most iconic Warner Brothers cartoons, like um. He he's the one who made Duck Dodgers in the twenty fourth and a half century. Yeah. Uh, he also did like stuff like uh he was the one who created Road Runner and Wildlife Coyote. Yeah. And he did a lot of the original cartoons for that. Was he the one who did um Oh I can't I it's my favorite Looney Tunes cartoon. I can never remember the title. Remember what it was about? Yeah, I oh I it's my favorite. Of course, I remember what it's about. It it's uh, Porky Pig's a farmer, and there's the really skinny rooster that's supposed to be Frank Sinatra that sings and lays all the eggs, and uh, he he gets another chicken that's like a Bing Crosby type who to compete with him, and he's he's just got too many fucking eggs to deal with. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think he I don't know if he did that one. I know okay. he did the uh remember that one where Daffy Duck was like getting shat on by the animator? Yup. That's he like did. the most famous, most award winning Looney Tunes cartoon ever, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. he did that one. Yeah. And it was interesting hearing various people's opinions about what Chuck Jones's strengths and weaknesses were compared to all of his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. In both of those, actually, which mm-hmm. we'll probably get more into when we do those um, spotlights on creators and stuff. For sure. The off, off time. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, he also has done um, various other history, like evolution of, like he Flintstones, and he also done an evolution video on Popeye. I'd be, you know, you think I'd be very interested in the Popeye one, but I kind of know. The Popeye evolution pretty good. I'd be very interested in the Flintstones one. Yeah. Um, I can get you a link to his channel. Uh, Kaiser Beans, you said? No, no, no. He was the one who did the the uh, the Warner Brothers history. Oh, okay. What, what was this guy's name? Uh, Dave Lee Down Under. Here you go. Dave Lee Down Under? Oh, you got the... Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, you know, see? Yeah, he's very Australian. Oh well, Struth. He's he's very he's got he's got a very strong Australian accent. All right. But it was it was very in depth and it was super interesting, especially hearing about um, the Tom and Jerry stuff that came after I kind of watched, stopped watching TV and Tom and Jerry was still kind of around and I didn't see it. Yeah. Just kind of in the various little like tiny details about their designs that have kind of like come and gone and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, that's something I, I... I watched a lot... I think like most kids who had Cartoon Network at the time watched a lot of Tom and Jerry just because it was on a lot. Oh yeah, I love Tom and Jerry. Um, you see, I don't because it, it, I saw so much of it that I just like, please play anything mm-hmm. else. Um... And mm-hmm. I felt that way about Looney Tunes for a while, too. But I've turned around on Looney Tunes. But Tom and Jerry is just too much the same every fucking time. Um, mm-hmm. But I had a point, and I forgot the point. God damn it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, but, like, even when I was a kid, I still, like, really... I Like, I... I noticed when the art was different. Like, I, I paid close attention to it. I couldn't mm. put the name to it, but I could tell, like... I, I, w- I was paying weirdly close attention to it, and I started to pay close attention to other things around that, like, trying to figure out, like, well, which which is an earlier style? Which, 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 like, I tried to, like, create a chronology based on the style, using things yeah. like film grain and whatnot, which... Gives you a little peek into my brain, uh, even as a child. But well, laser, we have a podcast about animation. I don't know what to. Yeah, but you know, I think there's there's liking cartoons, and then there's just liking to create lists. And I think there's mm. two sides to that, and that's more on the liking to make lists side. And. I mean, there's something to be said for everyone kind of, like, 
even if you don't fall under the autism or spectrum or whatever. Yeah. I think everyone has a little bit of that hyper-focus in them in some capacity. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, whether yeah. you do or not, that's probably just part of your hyper-focus tendencies. Yeah. Uh, it was... I think it's also just... has something to do with the sheer amount of television I watched as a child. Uh, and how I would just kind of... Just in the summer, I wouldn't really do anything else. On um, if my dad didn't go out that day, I'd just sit in front of the TV all day. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I kind of had a balance of, um, watching a shit ton of cartoons, but also at the same time, I was also that kid that went outside and uh, I didn't play with other kids. I just went outside and caught lizards yeah. and bugs and shit. Yeah, I, I I had a little bit of that too, um, mm-hmm. but that that was more like an afternoon thing, like I don't know, but yeah, like th- that was more often like after school. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean still did that after school, but yeah. you know. But during the summer, I was whatever most of my fa- friends uh, their families would go on trips in the summer and we wouldn't f- for the most part we did sometimes mm-hmm. but um yeah we never really went on it well we we would always go see my uh grandmother on my father's yeah. side every year we would drive up to the catskills for i'll be real with you i don't even remember how long each trip was like it could have just been like three or four, it could have just been a weekend on like a three day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd stay at either the resort my parents met at. Uh, it was for their it was for their anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we moved here, we stopped doing that. So, because yeah, it it was like maybe a two hour drive when we lived in Jersey, but. It wasn't worth it, really, by the time we moved to Florida. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I just watched a yeah, lot with, of TV. Yeah, with me, it was, um, we didn't have a lot of channels back uh, when I was younger. Um, so the only time I really got to watch a more huge, for a larger variety of cartoons was when uh, we did go to visit my um, grandmother in the summer because she had cable. Yeah. So that was how I watched a lot of uh, the Disney Afternoon and uh, whatnot. Yeah. Reruns of Darkwing Duck and Bonkers and Gargoyles and yeah. what what have you. Um, and then eventually after uh, my parents separated and we started living in my grandmother's house, the summer became Visit My Mom. Ah. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and now we still live here in this old house. It's a good house, though. I mean, you you've had to do some remodeling and rebuilding. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna have to do more. But you know, it's a it's a it's a good house. I like this house. Yeah, it's the house you. I mean, for for the most part, it's the house you grew up in, right? I mean, yeah, I've been here most of my life. Yeah, I we moved here when I was like eleven, ten. Yeah. So I've yeah I've lived here, pretty much all my life. Yeah. 
So, you know, and it serves its purpose, and... Yeah. Yeah. Just need, it just needs some TLC, because it's old. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, once you once you start getting in your 50s, you need some TLC, too. Oh, yeah. You know, just yep. a little bit. Yep, yep. Uh, but anyway, that's me. That I thought you said... Oh, that was both of the things, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just because the, the, the Warner Brothers and the Tom, Tom and Jerry thing were, were yeah. so intertwined that they kind of bled, bled together. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well then, like I said, I am foregoing my week in favor of uh, partaking in an exercise. Um, I didn't really watch a lot of Halloween specials growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Horror and spooky things were sort of outlawed in my household because my mother... My mother loved horror when she was a kid. Like she would always go to the mo- like the drive-in theater with her brother and watch, you know, the sci-fi horror B movies like The Crawling Eye or Dawn of the Dead or whatever. You know, the the real early like the 1950s, 1960s, not 1960s cuz I think she was in college by then, but well no, it might be 1960s, but whatever. She she would go watch, you know, those old B movies, the t- sort of things that would later get replayed on, like Elvira or uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Fiend without a face. Yeah, those sorts Damn. of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the 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 classic era. You know, not I wouldn't say the golden era, but the classic era. Mm-hmm. Um. But then in the seventies, she was an adult. She went. And she and my dad were together already. I don't know if they were married at the time, but they were together. They'd always go to the movies, and they went to see The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And that movie scared my mom so bad, she has still never watched a horror movie to this day again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that meant anything spooky or scary or horror was outlawed in the house. Yeah. And that also kind of explains why uh, It's the Great Pumpkin is my favorite Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's the only one I was allowed to watch. Because it's not yeah. at all scary. <laughs> uh, uh, but point being, uh, you watch you 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 you've watched a lot of Halloween stuff, and you love horror and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, I I love horror, I love Halloween, and I love spoopy and spooky things. Alrighty. Uh, so I've got pulled up here a website called Cinema Siren. I've never heard this. I just did a Google search for good Halloween cartoons. And they had a list of what they have deemed the top 10 Halloween cartoons. I just want to go through them and you give me a yay or nay. Got it. Uh, now this one is one that I've actually seen part of. Uh, but not all of, but, uh. 1949's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, Disney. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, which was part of the uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad yes. uh, film release. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big yay for me. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite tellings of that story. Okay. Uh, the, the end is really cool because the, the climax of him running away from the horseman and the animation on the horseman is really neat. And most of it isn't 
super spooky except for that last part yeah um and it, it's one of those things that's like this will be scary for a child but not scary for like an adult mm. Alrighty. um i should have gone through this list because i don't know if you'll have seen this one but uh 1937's lonesome ghosts hmm that sounds familiar uh, four green phantoms invite Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, who are ghost exterminators. Oh, this one. Yeah, this is like a... Yeah, I, this is one of the very, super, super old uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this one. They they showed this on uh, Disney Channel a lot, because um, I remember back in the day, they showed this, and they showed the uh, Halloween special with Donald Duck, and the, and the, 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 uh, the triplets, and then they also showed... Um, uh, Sleepy Hollow. It was sort of like this animation block of a lot of their classic animation that was horror-related or horror-themed. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a fun one. Not, like, scary or anything, but, it, like, you know, it's it's a classic, for sure. Alright. Uh, interesting historical tidbit from there. Uh, this is where uh, Ray Parker Jr., or maybe it was... Maybe it was, uh, oh, Bill Murray, uh, who took it. I don't remember. I don't remember if Ray Parker Jr. says it because it's in the movie or if Bill Murray said it because it's in the song. But, uh, Goofy's, Goofy has the joy of being the first person on film to say, no, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Gorsh. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, this one I know. This is... Mm-hmm. Um, 1956 Broomstick Bunny. Yep. 1956's Broomstick Bunny. Uh, it's the first cartoon to use June Foray's oh. voice for Witch Hazel. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just one that, like, fell into the normal circulation of Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a. It was the first appearance of. Was it the first appearance of Witch Hazel in the Looney Tunes? Uh, probably not. But it was probably the first one to use June Foray. I mean, it, yeah. it, it says it's the first cartoon to use June Foray's voice for Witch Hazel in Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean it's her first voice for Warner Brothers. Hey, you yeah. know it's a happy coincidence. What you know who direct you know who directs this? Uh, Chuck Jones. Yep, Chuck Jones did this. Yep, Def- it's definitely you look at it and you're like, yeah, this was definitely Chuck Jones. Yep, with uh, dialogue by Ted Pierce. And this was, of course, still when Mel Blanc was a. Uh... The bunny himself. Yep, uh, he was the bunny until like the nineties, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was the bunny until he died. Yeah, he was a lot of voices until he died. Yeah, I mean, he was most of the Looney Tunes. He was Sylvester. He was Daffy. Daffy. He was Bugs. Uh, he was Porky Pig. Yep. He was pretty much every iconic Looney Tune. Outside of Looney Tunes, he was also uh, Barney Rubble. Yep, sure was. 
It was also and Heathcliff. Heathcliff, yep. He was a lot of people. Um, Mel Blanc is the man of a thousand voices. For sure. Uh, that man's my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that that's a that's a yay, I'd say. Yep. Yep. Yay. Uh, nineteen sixties hide and go tweet. Uh, Fritz Freeling, uh, directed yeah, cartoon. This is, this is another uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's Sylvester and Tweety. Uh, Tweety gets turned into a monster. Oh yeah, I remember this one. He turned into the big giant Frankenstein-looking motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember this one. This is a pretty memorable one. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I'm gonna guess that the one, the, the one, the uh, Looney Tunes short with Gossamer is also on this. Yeah, I, I was expecting a lot more modern stuff. It, it's literally two down the list. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, yeah. The, the, the big hair monster for those who don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Uh. Yeah. This is a yay for me too, because I've seen this is another one that just got put into the regular Looney Tunes circulation by the time we were kids. Nineteen twenty nine is the Skeleton Dance, black and white silly symphonies. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Da, yep. da. It gave us that, so it gets a yay just for that. Yup. Uh, Honestly. Yeah, uh, it. To quote the website, uh, again the website is Cinema Siren. Uh, it's like the perfect Halloween Busby Berkeley cartoon, creepy. A very early Disney cartoon before many experiments led to advancements in animation. Yet still plays one of the most beautiful cartoons ever made. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, oldie but a goodie. Uh, next up is, you know, the one with Gossamer. It's, uh, Water, Water, Every Hair from 1952. Yep. Uh, Bugs is a beautician fixing the tennis shoe wearing monster Gossamer's hair. Who doesn't remember this classic moment? Again, that's verbatim quote from Cinema Siren. No, it is, it is, a lot of people remember this one. Not just because it's a really iconic one, but because Gossamer would go on to make... Multiple appearances in future Looney Tunes. Yeah. Things. Yeah, Gossamer's one of my favorite, like, bit players, I'd say, yeah. in Looney Tunes. Remember in the Looney Tunes show when it was Witch Hazel and Gossamer was, like, her child or something? Yup. Yeah. Uh, next? next up is uh, 1952's Trick or Treat. Uh, it's Donald Duck. Uh, directed by Jack Hanna. Oh, this is the one I talked about earlier with the nephews. Yeah. It's that's a classic. That's that's like do you see the where that's the bit where uh, that's the one where you see if you've ever seen clips of this like the they're all dressed like one of them dressed like a ghost the other one's got like a pumpkin head and Donald has a devil costume and it becomes this whole it becomes this whole thing and it's it's definitely one of the more memorable of that of those Donald Duck shorts of that time period, the Technicolor ones. Yep. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it also uh, brings up an interesting point. Uh, Witch Hazel is possibly the only character shared by both Disney and Warner Brothers because she shows up in this, still voiced by June Foray. Huh. 
more you know. Yeah. That's a little interesting thing. I didn't know. Yeah. She's also, you know, just the stereo... Generic witch. A generic witch, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, still, at the same time, it's like, it's 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 the same character at the yeah. same time. Same name, same voice actress, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. But she was introduced in this, so... Yeah, the second best uh, green green uh, skin witch for sure. Who's the first? Gruntilda. Oh, true. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? I I, I was gonna say Elphaba from Wicked, but okay. Oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. damn, you're right. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. I um I don't have much care for um. The Wizard of Oz, all that much. Neither do I. Um, At least the movie. Yeah, the movie. I, I, just, I haven't read the book. I have the book, but I haven't read it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I love both the musical and the book for Wicked. I've read, I've read yeah. Wicked, and I have listened to the soundtrack a million and a half times. I'm still waiting for that movie. Um, I don't think loathing, I'm... unadulterated loathing yeah. for your face, your voice, your clothing. Yeah, God, I love that song. It's a very good one. I like it's my um, favorite. Popular. Going to be popular. How has no one made an animatic of that with Lumity? I'm sure someone has. Someone has to have, right? Like yeah. that writes its that writes itself. Yeah. That writes itself. Mm-hmm. I could s- loathing would work for Lumity, I think. Oh yeah, both of those work though. I uh, I think. See, I don't ship this, but I get the people who do ship it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it would work for uh, the Basha Willow dynamic better. Oh uh, yeah, it would. I don't ship that either. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't ship it at all. But it feels more appropriate there because, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe if Basha gets more than just being an asshole, maybe then I'll change my tune. Yeah, it it's um the ship presumes too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it relies too much on headcanon rather than evidence. I mean, that's never stopped anybody before. Yeah. Uh, like the the very strong, pe- the, all the people shipping uh, Ida and uh, Luz's mom. Yeah, but that's cute. Like, there, there's a difference. Like, Ida hasn't spent years making Luz's mom... Miserable. <laughs> Miserable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. And what's the? Uh, is that all of them? No, there there's uh, three more. Okay. Uh, even I know this one. Um, I mean, of course I know this one. Uh, it's the only part of Fantasia I like. 1940s Night on Bald Mountain. Oh yeah, Night on Bald Mountain slaps. Yeah. Love Night on Bald Mountain. Yeah, uh, I mean I don't know. I don't know. I like the Sorcerer's Apprentice. 
Yeah, I... Sorcerer's Apprentice is fine. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it just... The whole package. Like, in, independently. If they had been presented to me independently, like the way like Looney Tunes had been, I think I'd like them all a lot more. Mm-hmm. But just packaged together as a singular movie, I don't like it as much. I'm not a big fan of anthologies. At least not this type of anthology. Yeah. Uh, not cinematic anthologies. That That's what I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I like TV anthologies just fine. Uh, yeah. Next one is one we'll be talking about soon. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Charlie so Brown. We, yeah, so we, we won't get into that. For me, that's a yay. Uh, mm-hmm. and then this is one we talked a little bit about last week. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. We talked about how it was overhyped for you, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a yay. It's That movie is unique because you can watch it on Christmas and on Halloween. Yeah. I think that I think makes it... Fun. Yeah. I think that makes it the perfect Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, it's halfway between the two. <laughs> Damn, that's a fucking galaxy brain take. <laughs> that's a serious galaxy brain take, my dude. I never even considered that. That's real good. Listen, like the-, the only other thing Thanksgiving really has going for it is the Charlie Brown special, and there's probably a Garfield special. Yep, definitely a Garfield special. Yeah. Um, There's a Garfield special for everything. Yeah, there is. And neither of them are stellar. The, the Garfield one's pretty good, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the Charlie Brown one all that well. But mm-hmm. not before Christmas. Thanksgiving could use it. I'm not even a big fan of Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I don't like turkey. I don't eat ham because I'm Jewish. Uh, the only thing in a traditional Thanksgiving dinner that I like is cranberry sauce. Not a fan of mashed potatoes and stuffing? Uh, again, I'm not a fan of turkey, so I'm not just going to eat stuffing. Um. Mashed potatoes? I don't like mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are the one form of potato I don't like all that much. You're killing me, Smalls. I've just, okay, I've never... I've had this conversation with many, many, many people. No. Food is super subjective enough, and I'm just busting your oh, balls. Oh, no, 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 that, That's not even the issue. I'm op- I want to like mashed potatoes, because um, it's potatoes. There's no reason why I shouldn't like them. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I've ever had good mashed potatoes, <laughs> is Probably. the thing. Um, Probably. Yeah, because uh, my dad stopped cook When my dad made mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving and I didn't really I kind of just tried to avoid the dinner table around Thanksgiving because I hated how we always hosted Thanksgiving and I hated how crowded it got Mm -hmm. Uh, so I would do everything in my power to avoid uh, the dinner table yeah Um, and then when I got older he just stopped cooking uh, because his dementia and my mom cannot cook at all and so the only time I've ever had mashed potatoes is in disappointing TV dinners. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So, uh, 
I'm completely open to the idea that I will like mashed potatoes. I just haven't oh. had good mashed potatoes. You can't see it, but I'm reaching out to put a hand on your shoulder. Yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel it. Like, I feel it psychically. Like, I want to make you some decent goddamn mashed potatoes. Yeah, I also just, like... It might also just be the consistency. I don't like... Oh yeah, no, I mushy can things that. all that much. I like things that are solid and dense. Yeah, um, I didn't like I didn't like coconut for the longest time because of that. Yeah, there's only one thing I like coconut on, uh, and that's around Passover time. Uh, that there's this one kosher company. I I can never remember the company, but they've had the same packaging my entire life, so I can always find it. <laughs> um. But they put out marshmallows covered in toasted coconut, and I love oh. those. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, the, the, those are my favorite snack. I, yeah, um, and they're only available during Passover. So, I'm I'm a big fan of coconut cream pie personally. True. And coconut cake also. I've never had that one. Oh, coconut cake's good. Alrighty. Uh, but um. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of onion rings until this year. Gotta, here's the thing about onion rings. Onion rings are so easy to make bad. Yeah. And, and I think that's just the issue. I, I, I finally found a style of onion ring I like. Yeah. And it's... um, You know how there's like batter and then there's breadcrumbs? Mm-hmm. I don't like the breadcrumb type. Yeah, honestly, mo- the I think that the really good ones are not breaded; they're just battered. Yeah, I like the batter type because the the breading just adds this whole other layer that is um makes it more crumbly and easier to make a mess, really. And it just adds it like I mean yeah it adds a crunch but the batter already does that so what's the point? And onions by themselves are crunchy. Yeah, so like I don't, I don't know. It, it's it, it's easy to fuck up. It, it's onion a rings. It, yeah, it, it's a style taste. But I found a style of onion ring that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the batter kind. I really, so I really like onion rings on burgers. I've yeah. Uh, there is. A burger place literally two minutes from my house. It, it's it's actually a bar. It's like a, a sports bar and grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, like two minutes from my house. Uh, that makes a really good thing. Oh, what do they call it? Oh, fuck. I can't remember what they call it, but it, it's... Um, it's like a half pound... Beef patty. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. Two quarter pounds, so it's a half pound total. Um, mm-hmm. Two onion rings and then barbecue sauce and whatever other toppings you want. But mm, it's so good. I would I would put bacon on it. Yeah. And probably if I was feeling spicy that day, pickled jalapenos. Hmm. Uh, I will always put pickles on my burger. I love pickles. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Jewish, so I contractually love pickles. Um, <laughs> um, 
I've learned to like pickles. Still can't, still can't dig tomato on my burger. Yeah, same. I don't like. I don't like. I don't, Raw tomato. I don't like tomato, and I, I like. I like tomato flavored things, but I just don't like the consistency of tomato. Yeah. But uh, anyway, before this becomes a food podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Um. No, I just I felt like we were about to head on a really long tangent, and uh, well, you know I that I don't, that's what the week's for, and we don't have any upkeep this week because it, it's, it's a true. special episode, so we don't have to do upkeep. Uh, you'll get upkeep mm-hmm. on next week. Uh, yeah, on uh, let, let me just figure out the date of that again. It is the ninth. You'll get upkeep on the ninth. Yep. No wait. So, hmm? or is that the day? We yeah, the ninth. The ninth. Got it. Um, Monday the ninth. Yeah, of November. There has been a new Ducktales, but we don't feel like doing it, so we're not. Uh, we'll get to it, and it's a good episode to talk about. Um, it's an important one to talk about for sure. But uh, that's that's for next time. Yeah, that's for next time. But yeah. Uh, now I want pickles. <laughs> <sighs> I got some gherkins in the fridge. I might go grab one. Well, with that, I think that's time for a break. Yeah, we're gonna take a break. Uh, and when we get back, uh, I have a feeling it's gonna be a very short conversation about mm-hmm. uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, because yeah. there's. I really thought there'd be more there. It, it's it, it's my favorite, but it's been so long since I watched it, apparently. Yeah. Um, it just sticks in my brain so well that it feels like I've always watched it recently. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we'll get into that more later. Um, until then, uh, get a drink, get a snack. Uh, see you then. Hello and welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, it's time to talk about it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and um, you know the, the, this this is a Charlie Brown special, but Linus is kind of the yeah, star of Linus this one, is the focus really. Of this one. Yeah, he shares it about equally with Snoopy because yeah, Snoopy's, Snoopy's the, the selling mascot. point. He's the one who's marketable. He's <laughs> um, the one who sells toys. Yeah. Uh. Uh. But yeah, I, I've always, I've always loved, I've always loved peanuts yeah. in general. Um, tr- whether it's the Charlie Brown Snoopy show or the the Charlie Brown specials or whatever. Or the comic. Yeah. Um, I ha- I don't have as I don't have as strong uh, feelings about sorry peanuts as you do, but I can't deny it's um what's the word I'm looking for timeless nostalgia. 
Yeah. Iconography. For sure. Yeah, it it's you you put it you put it best. It's iconic. It it's iconography. It it's I mean it ran from nineteen sixty six until like two or three years ago every yeah. year on ABC. The, the Charlie Brown specials um kind of exist in this weird timeless flux at any given moment. A lot like the um uh freaking uh what are they called? The uh the stop motion Christmas films. The rank the other yeah, rank and bass. Oh yeah, they're the rank and bass. They kind of, they all they, they all kind of exist in this weird yeah. like quasi they're old but like you even though you don't know exactly know how old they are because you grew up with them even though you know they they were way before your time as a child yeah. because they reran so much. They were always there. Yeah. I remember I remember watching Charlie Brown Snoopy show on Nickelodeon mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Um I remember seeing, you know, like the uh Was it a movie where like Snoopy goes to find his family yeah, yeah, and you yeah. see all his cousins and whatnot? I remember that. Uh, I remember, yeah. These are like real early childhood memories. Like, I think these are like when I was like four or five. I remember watching these. Um, but yeah, uh, this specific one—it's a great pumpkin. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It, it kind of serves as like a greatest hits almost because you got a little bit of Red Baron, you got the football. Yeah. Blockhead, you got uh, Lucy, yeah, all the gang is there. You you got Snoopy dancing to to, uh, Schrodinger's piano. The only people, it's Mm. it's all there, and the only characters we don't see in the special are sorry, go on, Patty and um, Marcy, yeah, Marcy, yeah, which which is a shame because they were always my favorites when I was a kid. Um, there's an interesting thing um, the more you know about uh, Charles Schultz the more interesting Peanuts becomes because it Charles Schultz had a horrible relationship mm. with his wife um, and that is and Charlie, Charlie Brown, is very much supposed to be him. Like it, he, That's his self-insert OC. Um, and he was a very depressed man. He did not get along with his wife. And Lucy is how he viewed his wife, basically. The relationship between Lucy and Chuck is the relationship yeah. Charles had with his wife, basically. Or at least that's how he viewed their relationship. Um... She was a great source of grief in his life, but she was also his sounding board, and maybe not the best sounding board, but she gave him yeah. the advice he needed sometimes. Um, and then Peppermint Patty was the type of woman he hmm. wished he could have been with. Uh, because she had the crush on Chuck, and she was always nice to Chuck. Um, and then... The little redhead girl was the uh, 
the unknowable, like, she doesn't have a character. She's just the vague concept of a woman that you have a crush on. Um... Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, that that's that's more I mean, getting into peanuts in general. Um, I I I'm yeah. This is uh, such a weird thing to say, but peanuts and these specials like Thanksgiving and Halloween or whatever the Charlie Brown specials, I feel are almost above reproach. You know what I mean? Like. Any criticism at them feels uh, mean spirited. Yeah, because they're not really doing anything yeah, to hurt. Like, like I mean, it. it I, I mean, it's like yeah, representation in it could be a also, lot better. Also, basically had negative budget. Uh, yeah, but also, it's from the 1960s. Exactly. You don't. That's that's like it. it it's of its era. It, it's it could be so much worse. I think we're we got yeah, out no, lucky with what we got. Like, remember, Charlie Brown and certain things kind of exist in this. Again, I've talked about that weird flux state, but also at the same time, they have this because they have existed as part of basically several generations of children's childhood they have like this weird quality about yeah. them that like again makes them feel like they're above any criticism even I mean nothing is above criticism but at the same time any criticism feels like any criticism yeah it just, yeah, it just feels unnecessary it just feels and mean, mean. <laughs> any criticism lauded at this or whatever it just feels it's like it's like you're directly attacking someone's childhood. Yeah, like it. Um, what's the thing I want to say? It's like. How do I want to word this? Choose your words very carefully. It's not even... It's like I... I need to figure out how to turn this feeling into yeah. words is the thing. Um... <clears throat> it could be a I mean, lot yeah. better. You know? It really could. But I also... I love this so much that I don't care if it could be better. Um, I'm just happy to watch it every time. You know, you know what it is? It honestly feels like... What? Um, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's just like weird, it's almost, I feel like these specials, because of their weird flux state, they are the epitome of, I think the, the, not the epitome, they're like the crystallization of the entire concept of nostalgia. Yeah. For sure. Um, eh. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, there's something about Ch Charlie Brown is peanuts. Charlie Brown, whatever you want to call it, it, it is very much is the embodiment of nostalgia. But I also think it almost falls into that category of things that's like Fight Club or Rick and Morty, where it's like. It, it's misunderstood almost, but it's not misunderstood in a bad way. It's just sort of written off in a way. You know what I mean? Because mm. it, it's like... It's deeply philosophical and contemplate, contemplative. Yeah. Compl contemplative. Um, that, that... And... People will often just write it off as, you know, being boring or whatever. But it 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 presents genuine trains of thought that are important to explore, especially for children. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Who are growing up, um, um, and a lot of people will often just straight off say, you know, it's so depressing this train of thought, but. When you're listening to it, yeah, I mean, Chuck is depressed. Charles Schultz was very depressed. Um, and Chuck is representative of that. It, he's like the manifestation of his depression. Um, but it's also real hopeful because it, it always turns around in the end. It always, you always get that hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? It always brings it to the positive. It, it presents you with all this bad shit that just gets piled on. In the Great Pumpkin, it really Lion, gets more Linus, piled yeah. on uh, on Linus than Why do you keep uh, than Chuck. Chuck? Um, oh, because right. Peppermint Patty does. <laughs> uh, also, I mm. like the name Chuck. It's the same reason I call Batman bats. Or Superman mm. soups. It it's just it's fun. Got it. Uh. But but yeah um. You know they they get piled on and 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 it's like man this is, but then you just get that light of hope. At the end, that makes it all worth mm -hmm. it. That makes it all bearable. And that's my favorite thing about Peanuts. Yeah. Because it shows both. I, I am... I, go on. No, it, no, you... It, no. Sorry. It's opti it's it's ultimately optimistic, is what I wanted to say. I, I mentioned um, this earlier, but I, so have, I, I don't have a strong feeling about Peanuts as you do. I'm, I'm kind of like neutral about penis yeah. just in general and the special and all stuff, but like I can't I, I don't think I have how do I put this as I said I, f I would feel bad if I ever tried to like say, say anything bad about it yeah cause it, it's like Peanuts is your, you know, your 
sad, quiet uncle who, you know, he, he, he gives you a good present on your birthday, but he's kind of just sad. He hasn't done anything to hurt you, but he hasn't really done anything great to help you either, I mean, you know? Honest- He's just a family member that you have no negative connotations for. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it feels like, um... Honestly, if I feel like, if I were tried to, like, at least the old Peanut stuff, you know, like this and whatever, if I ever tried to, like, pick it apart, I would feel like a grown-ass man making fun of a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I think you'd be surprised because it it has a lot of depth no, to no, it. But it I mean, it's not it's, shallow. No, I'm not saying in, it's shallow, any... but I mean I would I, in the sense that I would feel bad. I feel you. I I, I kind of get what you're saying. Um, I don't think like the thing is if we started to pick it apart and tear it apart, I don't think we would. Even then, I don't think we'd come up. Part, come away with anything negative. Like, I just... I think it's net positive. I think it's gross I mean, and net positive. Yeah, it has limited animation um, budget. Yeah, some of the voice acting is not the best. Yeah, whatever. Child actors... Like, it's child it's actors. Like, it's all well, the, what do you they're expect? They're all picks at the end of the day, really. Yeah. And, and I mean, of course... Representation that can be could said be of better. pretty much everything um, at that of this but, time, and honestly now. Yeah, that 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 yeah, representation representation could always mm-hmm. be better. Um, I just think that when we're dealing with a cartoon from the '60s, you can't really hold that against. I do it. love the hard. Uh, Hang on. At least, I'm at least when it's not actively. Portraying stereotypes. I mean, it 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 doesn't hurt nor help in this case. Um, I do. I I've always liked the uh, modern hard read that Marcy was big lesbians for Peppermint Patty. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Peppermint Patty, big bisexual energy. Marcy big uh, lesbian. Yeah. Marcy big lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. The 1960s version of Lumity. I mean, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just making. I'm just yeah, making yeah, a dumb that, joke. That was. That one got me. Yep. <laughs> really. <laughs> that was all right. okay. Sorry. Um, but I don't really have too much to say about this special. Like, there's not really much to talk about, you know? Yeah. Um. Because honestly, not a whole, not a whole lot uh, happens in it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Melendez is Snoopy. And I think he also does uh, Woodstock in just about every other thing yeah. that Woodstock has ever appeared in. Um. He's heavily involved in all the... He's both a producer and voice talent on just about every Charlie Brown thing ever. Um, He's also involved as an animator Hmm. uh, in a lot of stuff. Up until 2001. 
Actually, actually no. The <laughs> the last thing he was involved in as an animator was 1996's uh, Snoopy's Campfire Stories, huh. which was a video game. Um. Oh no! Wait, he actually did animation for uh, a TV documentary called "The Making of uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas." I mean, that would and I that's mean, in that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. But yeah, nineteen ninety six seems to be the last time there was new Charlie Brown animation that he Got worked it. on. The That's reboot. not counting the uh I wouldn't really the call new, it a the reboot. new movie. <laughs> uh the, yeah, I, I was just gonna try to remember the Dude. name what was it um yep. was it Sony that did that or was it, was it the Nickelodeon Sony. Illumination? Blue Sky. It was Sony. Blue okay. S- I liked that one too. Blue Sky, that's right. No, I didn't. Did you see that? Hmm. I liked it. Uh, I have it on, or my mom has it on DVD, I think. Um, I liked it. I mean, but also I'm a sucker for peanuts, so. Yeah. I'm biased. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm sure the voice cast has other work outside of Charlie Brown stuff. But oh, it was actually written yeah. by Charles Schultz. That too. makes sense. The special. I think all the I think all the specials were, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, Bill Melendez also directed it. Ah. Okay. Um. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's it for this segment. We're gonna take another short break, and when we get back. We are going to go to Zombie Island. I uh, hope you hope hope you got your gumbo pot, because we'll see you then. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. It was a zombie jamboree. Took place in and welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Uh... Heading down to the bayou. Uh, I guarantee it'll be a fun time. It's uh, one could say it's terror time again. Yes. Because uh, it's time for Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Scooby Doo. Is this the yep. first Scooby Doo thing we've? No, we talked about Scoob. Never mind. Yeah, we talked about Scoob. Um. Yeah. Is this Billy West's first time as Shaggy? Sure is. Um, so when they they wanted to bring back everybody for this, um, yeah. and Casey Kasem was going to come back to be uh, Shaggy, mm-hmm. but there were some uh, disagreements uh, with um, him and the uh, Hanna-Barbera. Essentially, he, oh, he would only come back under the condition that uh, Shaggy 
be made vegan because Casey Kasem was vegan. Ah. And the creative team found the whole idea absurd, and they were like, nah. So they brought in uh, Billy West. He does his best. I mean, no, this is, yeah, for sure. I mean, Billy West is, I like Casey Kasem, but Billy West is also really good Shaggy. Yeah. Um. So, so the only re- returning voice actor is Frank Walker, is Fred and uh, Scooby. Oh, uh, Daphne and Velma are also... Oh, yeah, they're definitely new. Oh, yeah, totally. They sound nothing like the old ones, now that I think about it. Wait, no, never mind. Frank Walker... Oh, no, I'm... I'm. Frank Walker would go on to play Scooby. Scott Eanes is Scooby yeah. in this. Yeah, but Frank Walker has been Fred since the 70s, since Scooby-Doo yep. started. It. He often I often hear people call him Frank Megatron Welker. But yeah, I, because Megatron I, is, you know. Yeah, but I really think he deserves to be Frank Fred Jones Welker because that's his longest running character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the but, fact that he wasn't it in Scoob is a giant shame. Yeah. And BJ Ward, who played Velma in this, um, uh, was... She wasn't. That wasn't the first time she played Velma. The first time she played Velma was in the crossover episode with Johnny Bravo. Yes. Um, Tara Strong and Jim Cummings and Mark Hamill are also in this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it it's set in Louisiana. You need someone to do a Cajun accent. You fucking get Jim Cummings. Yeah, he plays uh, Jacques the uh, very man. He also plays Morgan Moonscar. Yeah. And the Plantationer. Oh, yeah, the the one guy who gets the scream when the fire yeah. flashback. Uh, Mark Hamill is Snakebite Scruggs. Yep. And Tara Strong is Lena. Yes. Uh, who, uh... Who's in everything. Yeah, Tara Strong is... A modern titan, I'll say. Uh, you know, 21st century titan. Of the voice yeah. acting industry. Um, most people, like the most famous or little people remember is Bubbles from yeah. Powerpuff Girls. Probably yeah. one of the ones people remember her from. And also, um, she was the voice of Twilight Sparkle in yeah. Friendship is Magic. Yeah, that was the first. She was also Timmy Turner. Um, yep. And a lot of other characters, too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She she also took over uh for Arlene Sorkin as uh as a Harley Quinn and she's also done Barbara Gordon a couple times. Yeah. Uh but yeah, like that we're just scratching we're, we're barely scratching the surface with that on Tara Strong. Um she's in so much shit. It's not even funny. Yeah, she she's real good at what she do. Um, and so she gets the word a lot. Um, uh, and also, uh, Adrienne Babo is plays Simone. She was, uh, Catwoman in the Batman the Animated Series. Yes. But she's yes. been in a lot of, she's been in a lot of other, like, live action stuff. She was in The Fog. I think she was in Creep Show. 
She was in Back to School with Roddy Dangerfield. Uh, let me look. Uh, yep, she was uh, in The Fog and she was in Creepshow. She was also in Escape from New York, Swamp yep. Thing. And Argo. Ar Argo. Wow. Yeah. She is both a very talented voice actress and a very talented actress. Mm -hmm. She was also Hera in God of War 3. And um, it would behoove me not to mention that uh, Cam Clark is also in this. In the voice of the uh, gardener, Bo. Yeah, Bo. And most people, the most famous voice that he's known for is he was the original Leonardo on the original 1987 Ninja Turtles show. Yes, he's also uh, Liquid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. He's Freddy the Ferret in Barnyard, and he's Kaneda in Akira. Liquid. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to. I know. I had to do the thing. I know. Um, uh. But yeah. yeah, this and this was like. A, a return to Scooby-Doo after a very long... I mean, did we, a pop new Scooby-Doo had, like, been on, but, like, this is the yeah. return to, like, proper form. Yeah. I, I think after a very long break from, like, just, like, regular Scooby-Doo. You know what else uh, Cam Clark has been in? What? The English dub of Fate Apocrypha as Caster of Black, Avisborn, and Victor Frankenstein. Oh, uh, it's pronounced Avi Kebaron. Avi Kebaron, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I've, that's how I thought it was pronounced at first, too, until I heard it said in the, uh, you know, anime. But, yeah, Avi Kebaron is the, uh, uh, he's a, a Kabbalic, uh, Kabbalic, I think he's from... I don't remember where he's from, but he was a Kabbalic uh, figure, and he was uh, in the anim in Apocrypha and Slash Fate. He's a golem master, like creator of golems. Ah. Uh, yeah. And oh, his goal is... Solomon is, Ibn Gabriel. Yeah. Andalusian poet and Jewish philosopher of the Neoplatonic tradition. And his goal in Fate Apocrypha is essentially to um, create a golem that in the vision of the original Adam. Oh. That that's in the show though, right? That's in the show, yeah. In the yeah, show, that's okay. his that's his goal is to create a golem yeah. in in the in the vein of Adam, hmm. the first the first man. Well, yeah, I, I gather that. Yeah, no, um, no, I just yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that, that that that's enough about the cast for now, I reckon. Um, yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about the movie itself. Uh, basically, the premise uh, is they 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 solve in a we open on it's you know it's the show it's the classic the show, the original show, yeah. Yeah the the mis the gang is. Dealing with some monster of the week that turns out to be some real estate fraud or whatever. Big As surprise. usual. Yeah. And uh, then we fast forward and it's Daphne on a talk show telling the host, uh, you know, the story of that night. And it turns out, hey, she's a TV reporter now. She she goes around with Freddy and 
tries to find uh, mysteries and stuff like that, but she wants to find the real shit, not real estate fraud. Um, this is the first time that we ever saw these characters as adults. Un- unquestionably, they were adults. Yeah. Um, and they and they would go on to be adults in many other iterations of the sh- of the series, but this is the first time we ever saw it. Yeah. Which, uh, is, a th- which is a which was a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. It it, it was fun seeing them all grown up. You know, um, mm-hmm. Velma owns a bookstore. Uh, Fred's Fred is Daphne's cameraman. producer, cameraman. Sound guy, everything. One man yeah. production crew. Um, Which sounds like him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they have a bit and of a will they, won't they energy going on through the whole thing. Um, and then Shaggy and Scooby are uh, TSA agents. Well, they they seem to really more deeply imply that they they just got this job recently. They've been going from job to job, kind of. Yeah, they don't uh, really have a consistent you yeah. know, job. Boy, relatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, right, millennials? Yeah. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you know, Freddy's like, let's get the bang back together and surprise Daphne on her birthday, and he does, and they're all heading down to the Big Easy, New Orleans. Yep. Uh, ghost to... capital, ghost capital of the world. Yup. Uh, if you're gonna find a ghost, you're gonna find it in Louisiana. Uh, and boy, howdy, do they? <laughs> um, yeah. The 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 tagline of this movie was the now the monsters are real. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even though they've been real a couple of times before, but you know, whatever. Yeah. The, the, I think this was them saying the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is not canon. <laughs> or the Ghoul School. Or the Ghoul School, or... Um, reluctant Werewolf. Or Reluctant, reluctant werewolf. werewolf, yeah. Or Boo Brothers. Or Boo Brothers, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, Boo Brothers and Reluctant Werewolf suck, so... Yeah. Yeah, they really do. The Ghoul, not... school, is the, ghoul school is the only good one out of those three. Yeah. Again, I I have fondness for Thirteen Ghosts. Um, I mean, I like Thirteen Ghosts too, but it, uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it only ran for like ten episodes. Yeah, and it had the the movie decade later. <laughs> yep, that tried to wrap it up a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Um, but and we don't talk about the one that tried to be a sequel to this movie. There was one that tried to be a sequel to this movie. Yes, Return to Zombie Island. I'd never even heard of this one. Um, it retroactively makes the monsters and everything that happened in the first movie not real. Why? Because fuck you. So basically everything that was cool about this movie is retroactively ruined by that movie. Which is now, why we ignore it. Yeah. Now, now, part of me doesn't mind that all that much because, like, 
there, there's some stuff in this movie that I just don't plain old don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm looking at it through a modern lens, and that may be unfair. But also, I feel like my complaint is maybe not unreasonable. Um, well, what are your what are your problems with this movie? Well, I, I just there's a point where getting into the end. There's there's a point where uh, it's like the zombies are the good guys, mm-hmm. and half the zombies are Confederate soldiers and then okay, they're shown in, and then the, the the last thing is the ghost this confederate ghost rising and being honorable and salute and being like thank you I, I guess and I, I just feel like that it should the... it, it, it shouldn't I, I, I feel like it's irresponsible to show confederate soldiers in a sympathetic light I've that has never even occurred to me in any capacity about this movie in any way. I never saw it as a child. I've so only that, this is this is my first viewing of it. It's like I get it, but also like it's not that deep, fam. Sometimes it's just not I know. that deep. Yeah, I know. I just it would have been just as easy to not touch it. Touch on it. Why I mean, have? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's to show that they've been here for decades, and who else would they run into other than Confederate soldiers during that time period in the South? Uh, well, okay, eighteen hundreds, yeah, Confederate soldiers, but they also could have run into, you know, uh, New Orleans had pretty vibrant organized crime. Spree. I mean, they showed that. They showed that too. Yeah, they could have just done those two though, and the countless tourists that. Got lost in the swamps. Well, I don't know, quote unquote lost. It it just just as easily could have not brought in Confederate soldiers at all. Yeah, I have no. I mean, yeah, I get it. I just. I'm I so know. Few- I'm, I'm like I said. I, th- I I'm maybe viewing this through too modern a light. I don't um, want to say that's a completely invalid thing, but at the same time, it's such a like. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I, I have no... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I just... It, it's just, like, the gut reaction I had seeing it. And again, I, I should have said this at the front. This is, like, my first real viewing of this. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I only caught a little bit of it on TV when I was... Like, not e- I didn't even see it from the start. I saw... Mm-hmm. The part where Shaggy falls into the hole and the zombie crawls out. Yeah, that shit's cool. Yeah, and then that's it. That's the only scene I saw. It like it either cut to commercial and I switched the channel, or my dad came and was like, "I want to watch TV." I was like, "All right, well, fine. I'll I'll go into the um, other room." Did you have another? Or is that was that it? Was there another criticism you had? Or was um, that the only one. I'm trying to remember. Because mm-hmm. I have, because uh, you have something negative to say about this, but I want to hear it. Because I have nothing negative to say, and I want to get it. Out yeah, there. yeah. Um, I 
Yeah, I got nothing. That that's okay. it. That's my one point. Um, other than that, I rather enjoyed this movie. Um, oh yeah, it's it's one of it's considered one of the best for a reason. Yeah, I I completely get that. Um, I did rather enjoy it. Um, it it you know I I like the story. Um, the mystery is good. Yeah. J- um, it it had good atmosphere. Oh. Uh, Mhm. Nah, no, nah, I don't. Nah. Okay. Uh. Yeah, the atmosphere is really strong, and so is the setting itself, like where they are, and the uh, the entire plot is super original for Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Oh, I remember what the other thing was. I'm sorry. Um. Yes, go on. I could. This isn't so much like a complaint. It's just like a personal taste thing. Mm-hmm. I could have done without Velma flirting with the uh, undercover sheriff guy. I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely just a personal taste thing. Yeah, that that's not a complaint about it. It's just a personal taste thing. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, yeah. Uh, like, who would have ever called where cats? Who suck the souls out of their victims and turn them yeah, into zombies? Yeah, that—that's wild, my dude. <laughs> the movie takes like this super wild turn in like the third act, and it's kind of great how wild it is. The the fact that sixteen hundred seventeenth century cat cultists, yeah, that gained immortality. Accidentally, because they just wanted to get revenge on the pirates Pirate. that were killing their neighbors, and then entered this yep. weird vampiric state where they had to absorb life energy. Yep. Uh, fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, the this movie brings back the classic like chase scenes with insert songs from the original show. Yeah. Uh, freaking that song rules. The one from where they're being chased by the zombies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's some serious butt rock, but it's like good butt rock. Yeah, you know what I it, mean? butt rock. I like butt rock. Uh, yeah. Um, I like butt rock too. Yeah. Um, This absolutely qualifies as... This music, though, absolutely qualifies as something that would cause me to switch the channel because I know my dad would start making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And that... That was, like, my personal version of cringe. It's like, oh, God, I don't want to hear my dad make fun of this shit. Switch the channel. And it still creates that cringe in my heart to this day. Mm-hmm. Um... Interesting but, fact. But, to no, sorry. I'll let you finish. No, I'll uh, let you finish. I was just gonna say, but yeah, I mean, like it—it's good music, and I—I I, I liked it. Like I, it, yeah. Interesting fact about the music. So the, the at the beginning we had a cover of the original theme. Yes. And and that was done by Third Eye Blind. Oh. Yeah, and um, the two other songs in this um. Terror Time Again and 
I forget the name of the other one. The, uh... The one where they're going through all the other monsters, and it's like a montage, and they all turn out to be fake. Yeah. Um... I forget what that one was called. Uh, the Ghost is Here. Mm-hmm. were both by SkyCycle, and they were a Los Angeles rock band led by former MTV DJ and songwriter Steve Isaacs. Oh. Yep. The more you know. Yeah. The more you know. Uh, they also brought back... Um, to work on this movie, the part like Mr. Iwao Takamoto, yes. who was the original character designer for the original Scooby-Doo, and also did he's for the by the way, just as a sidebar, if you if you guys don't know who Iwao Takamoto is, you should. Yeah, uh, he he's he's a big he's a big deal. Production and character designer for Walt Disney for many years. He worked on Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and he went on to work for Hanna-Barbera and not only designed Scooby-Doo and, like, the entire Scooby gang, but also worked on, like, The Addams Family and Hong Kong Fooey, Jabberjaw, The Jetsons. He's super prolific. And he doesn't get enough credit in no, he, the industry. He, yeah. Uh, he, he's responsible for Super Friends, Charlotte's Web, the 1973 version, um... Hong Kong Fooey, like you said, Jetsons, um, just, just a whole lot. Snorks, mm-hmm. uh, the Smurfs, although yeah. the Smurfs are based on a comic strip, but he adapted the, those designs for the animation, I'm sure. Um, Challenge of the Gobots, um, Pac-Man, the, the TV series, uh... Just a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, the the cartoon version of the Dukes, of the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, at least that's what I think this show is. Possibly. Yep. yep it Hanna Barbera, the Dukes, which is an animated version of the Dukes of Hazard. Hmm. Um. Um. Going back to that thing you talked about, where you saw the the first thing you saw was the moon scar coming out of the pit and performing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, mainly because this movie wasn't afraid to, like, be a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say this, that, like, horror movies don't have to be scary to be horror movies. Yeah. But but I like when they try to be. Yeah. Um, sometimes horror can just be suspense. Yeah, totally. Um... Or they can just be a flavor. Yeah. Because, I mean, JoJo Part 2 and Part 1 are horror, but they're not scary. Yeah. I mean, unless you're unless you're really twi- freaking freaked out by body horror. Yeah, I, the, I know people who are. Um, and Hocus Pocus is a horror movie, but that's not scary. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Horror is... Horror doesn't have to be limited to being scary. Yeah. I This actually... I had a different segment I had wanted to do at the start that I forgot about. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
can I just like rattle? I'm trying to. I was trying to earlier figure out how many horror movies I've actually seen. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I just list off a couple that I think? Well, I'm trying to remember that. Is Jaws a horror movie? Jaws? Yeah, of yeah. course it is. Okay. Of course, Jaws is a horror movie. Okay. I didn't feel particularly... Whatever. Um, okay, let's go on. Uh, um, yeah, so... does I love the designs of all the zombies, and I love that they weren't afraid to make them be gross and do some gross things with them. Yeah, they all looked real dehydrated. That Those were some beef jerky-looking motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And that scene where they all just, like, turned to dust at the end, there was, like, all that, like, leftover skin. Yeah. It's real gross. This was, uh, what? Like, 99? 97. 98. 98. 97, 98, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm looking right here on the IMDb. It says 1998. Ah, Yeah, 98. Um, Yep. uh, This is right in, you know, the era where... Disgusting was Vogue. <laughs> yeah. In that's in true. children's entertainment. Uh because Yeah, uh just just because. Um I actually watched uh because it was the Halloween season and I was gonna watch it for the podcast anyway. Mm-hmm. I actually watched this with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. Um and we all had this agreement that was like, man, Morgan Moonscar is a fucking kick-ass pirate name. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, um, for like, sure. It's such, it's such a random aside, but like, holy shit, that is that a metal fucking pirate name? I kind of want a spinoff of this that's just about Morgan Moonscar. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously he's a villain, so I don't really want him to be the hero of it, but I, I think it'd be cool to someone he's fighting would be cool. I I remembered when they did the uh pirate what's new Scooby Doo movie. Mhm. And I was super bummed that they didn't take the chance to make like cuz the villain of the movie was someone dressing as an old pirate mm. like ghost or whatever and I'm sad that they didn't take the opportunity for it to be Morgan Moonscar. Yeah. It was it was what, what was it fucking Captain Skunkbeard. That's right. Yeah. That's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a cool reference to name him Moonscar. Just like it doesn't have to be the same one because what's new Scooby Doo is clearly a different continuity. Yeah. But uh, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. It but you know, it um It would have been cool. It would have been It would have been, cool. been neat. Yeah. Oh oh I remember what I wanna say. Uh also I'm kinda tired of Blank Beard the Pirate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blank Beard the Pirate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's there's Red Beard and there's Blue Beard. White Beard, Black Beard. Yeah. That that's now see, now see the only one who gets that. away with that. The only other than like you know, Black Beard because he's Black Beard. Of course, he gets away with it. Yeah. Is a uh, sticky beard from Kids Next Door. <laughs> yeah, sticky beard. Yeah, uh, he he was interested before I was tired of the trope. 
So yeah, he gets he's he's grandfathered in as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. Uh, but what else? Did I, what else was I gonna say about this movie? Um. All oh, right. Uh, we we talked about the setting and the atmosphere. Holy shit, the backgrounds are really nice in this movie. They really, really are. Um, it's all. It all looks like it has that hand painted cell look to it. Yeah, I think they are. I think this was at the time when they were still doing painted backgrounds in animation. Yeah, yeah they're they're real pretty and detailed and such. Yeah. Then the, of course the animation itself is really good because this um all this was um. This wasn't done in house. Obviously, this was all done by a Japanese animation studio. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was TMS, but. No, no, it's not TMS. It's um, I just had it, uh, in my thing. I'm gonna bring it back up. Um. Uh, I didn't really think it was. I just I wouldn't have been surprised if it was. No, no, no. Uh, who? Production. Animation. Animation was done by Mook Animation. Mook. Mook Animation, who worked on SWAT Cats. Uh, uh, oh real, yeah, I see that for sure. The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, uh, Aeon Flux. Yeah. The Men in Black series, uh, X Men Evolution, and Transformers Animated. Yeah, I, I can definitely, I can definitely see their like their their touch on this. Yeah. They did the intro and transformation sequences for Mummies Alive. Yeah. I, I could, yeah. You keep saying things, and I keep being like, yeah, that, that sounds like them, yeah. And they, of course, worked on the other f- three movies in this sort of quadrology, uh, which is Ghost, Alien Invaders, and Cyber Chase. Cyber Chase, I've seen the most of. Uh, yeah. uh, no, no, no. Which is Ghost, I've seen start to finish. Mm. Um, I think, in terms of, like, if I were to rank these films, this is number one. Then which is Ghost, then Cyber Chase, then Alien Invaders. Okay, uh, I, I'm I'm inclined towards uh, which is Ghost first, and then this, and then mm-hmm. I don't really care about the other two. Yeah, um, I mean, with the which is Ghost, it's I think it's it is pretty much just as good as this one. It's I think it really is just a matter of uh, personal flavor. Yeah, personal player, and also how much you like the Hex Girls. Yeah, uh, well, I'll tell you this. When I was 10 or 11, which is probably how old I was the first time I saw it, um, very into the Hex Girls. Big, um, titty, goth girlfriend. Yeah, uh, that's all 11-year-old laser really cared about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as an adult, I just like the Stephen King aspect. I, I like the Massachusetts aspect, it, the New England. I, I just, I know it's cliche, but I like New England as a horror location. I did just remember something from the what? last review that I wanted to mention that was like from Paranorman that reminded me. You just mm-hmm. you saying that reminded me of when, uh, what was Norman's friend's name uh, again? Uh, Neil, and Neil, when he is like, "Are you are you pausing Mom's yoga video again?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, that 
Yeah, that that was me. <laughs> uh, except I I had what at the time was considered high speed internet. So yeah. Oh god, just uh, I'm just imagining that being you, but you're like pausing Elvira videos. Oh god. You're <laughs> you're um you're not far off. It it. <laughs> It was really more just, um, mm-hmm. I got left home alone a lot around eight, like nine, age nine onward. Cause like when I had, when I was like, mom was at work and I'd either think, be homesick from school or I'd, it'd be the summer or whatever. And I didn't have camp. Uh, my dad would have stuff to do. And I'd be like, can I just stay home? He'd be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, yeah. Cause I was. At this point, we were in Florida, and Florida turned me solidly into an indoor kid. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Yeah. So I was very much content to either just... And I just I just got on a com- my first computer, and I had an internet connection, and yep. I knew how to Google boobies. <laughs> uh, Ask Jeeves about boobies. Uh, y- yeah, that, that was the... F- well, I didn't... It wasn't boobies, it was... It wasn't even a search engine. It was just. You don't have to put yourself on blast like. No, I feel now. like I feel like doing it because uh, it's funny. I I find it hilarious. Uh huh. I just went to Playboy. dot com. <laughs> I was like, I know Playboy means boobs. Damn. So. I. Let's go for it. Oh uh, God. Yeah. But, and I, uh, I had a Mac, so I wasn't really worried about viruses and shit. So. That's true. Yeah. Oh. I don't think there was anything else because I mean, this is this film. I think is the. Uh, if I were to show someone Scooby Doo for the first time, this wouldn't be what I would show them, but it would be one of the ones I'd be like, "Hey, if you want, well, like, if you want to see what's really good about Scooby Doo." Yeah, I I think I'd show them. Maybe like the um. The diver episode from the original show. Yeah. One of the good episodes in the original show, or pup named Scooby Doo, probably. I was gonna get to that. I was gonna get like a full like viewing list going. I was going I'd say I'd show them the diver. I can't remember the actual name. It just it's mm-hmm. the the haunted diver or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the creep or creeper episode, whatever. Creeper. Yeah. Um. And then a couple episodes. Of uh, pup name, mm-hmm. uh, ghoul school. This, uh, or witch's ghost. Either one. Uh, they're, or they're, both. Or both. Yeah. And then I think I just make them watch all of Mystery Inc. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. Because uh, cause you get enough flavor, and the only reason I really like 13 Ghosts is uh, Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah. um, like, yeah. the, 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 like it's nostalgia and Vincent Price. That That's it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, th- there there's a reason that people talk about this movie and say it's like one of the better Scooby-Doo things. Yeah. It's because it is. It's because it is. And it's... 
it kind of stands on its own in terms of like like as much as I like witches ghosts its story and what its theme the the, whole, the monster isn't super original yeah but this movie is just like wild in terms of what it's about and its story yeah i i, I think um it's the werecats that are what really save it for me personally. Because if it was yeah. just zombies in the bayou, I'd be like, "Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that do that." Yeah, it's but it's the twist. Of, it's the twist that the zombies aren't the bad guys, and that the werecat and it's werecats. Yeah, that that's the thing that really makes it stand out to me. Um, mm-hmm. Also. Is there a New Orleans version of being a weeaboo? Because I think I'm that. Um. Jum jumbo jumbalayaboo. Jumbo, jumbo. Gum gumbo. Gumbo. Or or you know it could just be being John Fogerty. <laughs> um. Yeah. Because he's from fucking San Francisco, <laughs> and. All of CCR's career is, you know, New Orleans stuff. Yeah, but, pretty, pretty much. But, you know, that, that you know, gumboos. We're gumboos. Gumboos. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love jambalaya. I ha- I've had jambalaya mm. once, and I love it. Let's see, I actually am Cajun, so. I know you are. I'm just not from there, but I am I know. Cajun. My family's Cajun. I think... I think I am, too. uh, Because I'm adopted. I... I I know very little about my biological family. Um, But, you know, the... The bayou is Mississippi River, and I was born in Mississippi. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm sure. I don't know. I could be, but I don't really know. So I'm adopted. Mm. I'm Jewish. That that's that's. I know I've got Irish in me, and I've got who knows what else. Um, yeah. All I know is that my family, a lot of my family, at least on my dad's side, is Cajun French. Hmm. But uh, anyway. Cajun seasoning is my favorite seasoning. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, I don't think I have much more to say about Zombie Island. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. And and send me jambalaya. And beignets. Send me some cornbread. Yeah. Okay, I got a question for you. What? Cornbread with or without the little kernels baked in. Both are good in their own ways. Yeah, I, I, you're not wrong. Uh, there's really if no the, wrong answer. If the corn is roasted mm. beforehand, mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I like them both for different reasons. If I were just eat it by itself, yeah. I think I want the kernels. But if I'm having it with something like chili, I just want it plain. I, I'm. I'm 100% on the side of without the kernels because I don't like the um, change in texture between oh, yeah, no. bread and I kernels. Can to- I can totally I can totally understand that. 
Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really throw off the taste. Like, it, it no. still tastes perfectly good. You just get little bits of corniness. And yeah, a see, thing that should, already tastes wait, corny. <laughs> which, if you really want to, if you really want to, like, mix up your cornbread, you mix in cheese. Oh. And jalapenos. Interesting. And you get uh, cheesy jalapeno cornbread. Hmm. Delicious. We had that in our cafeteria lunch a lot. It's good. Damn. We my cafeteria never had anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh time for our last break. Yeah, yeah. Uh I got nothing else to say, so we're gonna take one more short break, and when we return, we're gonna close this bitch out. We will see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back for the last time this episode. Uh, this was a quicken. Yeah, I mean, Scooby-Doo and Zombieland, while it's a good movie, there's not a whole lot to say other than it's really good, and Peanuts, it's Peanuts, you know? Yeah, we got to, you know, talk about the nature of Peanuts, but there's not a whole lot to say about that show, about that special, other than it's a classic, and I love it yep. so very much. Uh, <laughs> not more to, and not more to say about Zombie Island. And there's a lot of cool stuff in it, and it's got some good animation. And there's a reason people talk about it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, done and done, right? Hell yeah! And this is like a bonus episode anyway, so it's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us uh, through email at. Acme Podcasts Inc. at gmail.com. Can you tell me that email again, Kai? That's Acme Podcasts Inc. at gmail.com. That's right. And you can hit us on Twitter at Podcasts Inc. That is at Podcasts Inc. And uh, where can they find us on Tumblr? You can find us on Tumblr on uh, acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's right. Um. So that's how you can get in contact with the show. Uh, you know what? Let's real quick check the email and the ask box. Oh, yeah. I haven't checked the ask box today. Um, um, oh, nothing today. Nothing? With the okay. Nope. Uh, Not just today. Look at the, okay. Just going to look at the email, and that's a whole lot of nothing. Oh, well. Yep. Uh, so, with that... Uh, that's how you can get in contact with the show. And that's also how you can get in contact with me specifically because I don't have socials anymore. Um, but if they wanted to get in contact with you elsewhere, Kai, where could they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kaiju underscore Emperor, K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. And you can also find me on Tumblr at Kaiju dash Emperor, spelled the same way. And that's just retweets, reblogs, whatever. Whatever suits my fancy. But I do make original stuff. Um, I have a side blog called Kai's Tome. K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. 
Uh, and I make D&D stuff over there. And I did recently make a new D&D subclass and put it up there. Nice. Uh, I made a ranger subclass called the Conclave of the Fang. Hmm. And it's all about uh, emulating animals and their fighting techniques and using them in close combat. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. And if you want to know more about that, you can check out my uh, my blog. Um, also, I do want to promote a thing. Okay. I know, uh, uh, our good friend Radical Paulo, um, on the 21st of November at 12 p.m. Eastern, he's doing a 24-hour Kirby Marathon stream, uh, and all the proceeds are going towards uh, transgender rights. Hell yeah. On uh, Saturday, November 21st, 12 p.m. Eastern, tw- for 24 hours, so be there. Be there or be square. Probably promote that a couple times. Yeah. Probably, I'll, I'll, I'll probably promote that every for the rest every every episode until it actually happens. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me just look at the calendar real quick. Um... Probably will have at least two more episodes before them. We will have one more episode before then. Uh, well, the next episode, I'm also going to promote it. Yeah, because the 21st is actually the day we'll be recording the episode after that one. Ah, well, good thing it's a 24-hour stream. Yeah, unless you want to record on the 20th instead, so you can... No, no, it's a, it's a tw- it's a twenty four hour stream. Yeah, you can pop in and out. I very few people could tune in for twenty four fucking hours. That's yeah. They're, they're, they're designed to pop in and out. I'm gonna be there for a while, and then they'll be like, "All right, I'm gotta go do the podcast." Bye. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh. He was actually streaming. Uh, when I came in here. Yeah, I. It was Tales of Fantasia. Yeah, I I, I saw, saw that. Um. But uh. But yeah, that's, that's it. it. Okay. Um. Until then, until the next time. Oh, and next week. Uh, not next week. Uh, don't come back Monday because we're not having an episode. Um, that would be too much. Uh, we're tired after this month, and this extra one. And we would like to go back to our every other week schedule. And so not this Monday, but next Monday, like I said, the 9th, we will be doing our... Uh, it's a little bit late, but it is a uh, Dios de los Muertos episode. Uh, because this Monday would be the last day of Dios de los Muertos, but we're tired. <laughs> we're very tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um... So, you'll just have to wait. I'm sorry. But, I'm not sorry. Um, but we'll be doing Coco and the Book of Life. Um, Book of Life is probably one of my favorite movies of the last decade. Yeah, I haven't seen either of them, so I'm very excited. Um, Coco is also very good. I was biased against it going in because it... It it was very much a uh, it. We'll get you into it on the episode. Um, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll get there. But Coco is one of those movies that made me cry like a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, just wholeheartedly, like, by the end, of, like, there was a couple... I didn't really tear up during the movie itself, mm-hmm. but the way the movie ended, the credits started and the tears started, and I don't think I stopped crying until I fell asleep that night. Got it. Uh, that was on my first viewing, which was the year it came out. Uh, but that that's for next time. So until then, uh, I hope you had a good Halloween. I hope you have many good Hall- good Halloweens to come. Uh, I hope you stayed safe. I hope you didn't get too many trick-or-treaters, because... God forbid. You know, just the times. Um, the, the, the 2020 times. But stay safe, stay spooky, and most of all, don't be a jackass. Bye! You hear the screeching of an owl, you hear the wind begin to howl. The trees begin to moan And the monsters grunt and groan Rotting faces full of slime Don't you know it's terror time? Over again? I guess. B-b-barbarian.